and uh, welcome to the Entertainment Science Fiction Programming Network, your entertainment sci-fi programming network. And we say, Zhao An, Ohio Gazaimas, Zhao Shanghao, Bonjour, Buenos Dias, and hello. Welcome. Today we're talking about what inspired George Lucas to do Star Wars. So many people watch Star Wars and it's like the beginning for them of sci-fi. And they go into many sci-fi ventures from Star Wars. But what inspired George Lucas? We know, and watching this, po this podcast, you will know. Star Wars, created by George Lucas, released May 25, 1977. George Lucas is born May 14, 1944. So what did George Lucas see that inspired him to do Star Wars? What he saw between... 1940s to 1970s that inspired him. George Lucas himself said, let's go with what he said himself, that the 1958 Japanese film, The Hidden Fortress, was a huge inspiration to him to produce Star Wars. <clears throat> he also gives credit to a written work in 1949 by Joseph Campbell, the work of Joseph Campbell called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And he says that had a great influence on him. Now, there were many science fiction movies before 1977. And those movies for a fact inspired George Lucas to do science fiction film. And we're going to talk about that and also TV series that we'll note also. The first ever science fiction film was in 1902 by a French filmmaker, Georges Millière, in French. Georges Millier. If you want English, George Milius. The first ever science fiction film, 1902, called A Trip to the Moon by French filmmaker Georges Millier. The Shakespeare of sci-fi, H.G. Wells, H.G. Wells, also known as The Shakespeare of sci-fi, had to also inspire George Lucas or influence George Lucas because H.G. Wells in the, 19, in the 1890s, 1890s describes mobile phones. And in the 1890s, the father of sci the uh, Shakespeare sci-fi H.G. Wells describes mobile phones, automatic doors, nuclear weapons. Let's take films of the Shakespeare sci-fi, such as The Island of Dr. Moreau, 1896. The Time Machine, 
1895. The War of the Worlds, 1898, not films with books, writings of Shakespeare, 1800. The first ever sci-fi film was 1902. War of the Worlds, 1898. H.G. Wells' work, War of the Worlds, inspires Orson Welles. Orson Welles, H.G. Wells, no relation, sharing the same last name, but no relation. Orson Welles' radio broadcast, The War of the Worlds, came out in October 30, 1938, and that was a recast of the sci-fi novel by H.G. Wells, The War of the Worlds, and that shook a lot of people. Likely also, George Lucas. So we're casting that sci-fi films influence George Lucas. Jules Verne, another Frenchman, Jules Verne, a Frenchman born 1828. And it's debatable if Jules Verne or Jules Verne is the father of sci-fi. Wrote over 50 sci-fi novels and his novels that he wrote, Jules Verne's wrote, laid the groundwork for modern day sci-fi. So you think Jules Verne's the novels that he wrote laying the groundwork for modern day sci-fi had no influence on George Lucas? Of course it did. Jules Verne's uh, was friends with another Frenchman, Alexandre Dumas, or you may know him as Alexander Dumas. And as soon as I say Alexander Dumas, you're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Three Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander Dumas, the man in the iron mask. Yes. Friends with um, Jules Verne's. Jules Verne's science fiction novels such as Journey to the Center of the Earth influenced so many professionals. It's influenced rocket scientists submarine designers, polar explorers, cosmonauts, George Lucas, of course. Sci-fi movies that George Lucas knew about or saw before creating Star Wars. We said it, the first ever sci-fi movie by Georges Millier. A Trip to the Moon, A Trip to the Moon, 1902. 1927, Metropolis. The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951. War of the Worlds, 1953. Planet of the Apes, 1968. 2001, A Space Odyssey, 1968. A Clockwork Orange, 1971. War of the Worlds, 1953. Fantastic Planet, 1973. Andromeda Strain, 1971. 
1976. Solaris, 1976. And all of those are before 1977 when Star Wars came out. Definite influence on George Lucas. So we're gonna leave movies a little bit. Let's get away from movies and let's go slightly to television and look at the TV series that George Lucas saw or knew about had to have an influence on George Lucas and Star Wars. Flash Gordon, 1954 TV series. You feel the influence? Flash, uh, Dale Arden and Dr. Zarkov in the year 3203 worked for the Galactic Bureau of Investigation. Not the Federal Bureau, which is here just United States, but for the Galactic Bureau, the Bureau of Investigation for the entire galaxy, Flash Gordon and Dr. Zarkov worked for. And so they traveling the galaxy in the skyship. What skyship? The skyship. What's the name of their skyship? Skyship. They're traveling the galaxy in 3203 in the skyship, saving the universe from cosmic criminals. So Flash Gordon first came out as a comic book created by Alex Raymond in 1934. And then later on, 1954, Flash Gordon, the TV series. Let's stick with television influences on George Lucas. Now, this TV series had a likely influence on George Lucas as well. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. Lost in Space. Came out in 1965 and ran until 1968. Uh, the story was based on an 1812 novel about a family of space colonists, the Swiss family Robinson. And it was written by Johann David Weiss, a German writer. And he adopted that story about space colonists off of a real family who were shipwrecked in the East Indies and their adventures that they had after getting shipwrecked. So he simulated their adventures into a space adventure. And it became a cryogenically frozen family that travels the galaxy in their ship called Jupiter 2. And they close, the closer that they get to their destination, the more they become unfrozen until they get to their destination and completely unfrozen. But the problem is that there is a saboteur on this Jupiter 2. And the saboteur is Dr. Smith. The Dr. Smith is a saboteur because Dr. Smith works for another planet. I mean, another nation. What other nation does Dr. Smith works for? He works for another nation. Which one? Another one. 
So it never says which one. It just says he works for another nation. So Dr. Smith sabotages what they're up to by programming the Jupiter 2's robot to destroy vital information. And that throws the ship off course. The robot then sends Jupiter 2 into hyperdrive and lost in space. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson. Does that feel like an influence? Yeah, it's a big influence. Let's talk about the biggest influence of all between movies and TV series. The biggest influence of all. On September 8, 1966. Star Trek. Star Trek by Gene Roddenberry. No doubt influenced the later Star Wars. September 8, 1966, Gene Roddenberry comes out with Star Trek, boldly going on the USS Enterprise NCC-1701, voyaging the Milky Way galaxy from 2266 to 2269, not too far away from 2022. Hmm. 2266 to 2269, USS Enterprise boldly going, NCC-1701, defending the United Federations of Planets. Gene Roddenberry was a visionary. As I say, I am the Gene Roddenberry of underwater sci-fi. It's like Gene Roddenberry influences Star Wars, influences so many. I mean, there, there were sci-fi movies we mentioned from 1902 with George Millier all the way up until 1966. But comes Star Trek and this visionary. I'm the visionary, the Gene Roddenberry of underwater sci-fi. The Aquafi is visionary underwater sci-fi. It's going where no other, no other underwater sci-fi has ever been. And there, there were some before, but not doing this, not opening underwater into a world vast. TheAquify.com. Get the Aquify. You'll get it in a day or two from Amazon Kindle. Read it. Be up on it every time we have a podcast. Listen while you're reading your book. We're going to talk some more about that. Gene Roddenberry is a visionary. He knew what he had. He presented his work for a... a a pilot to CBS. CBS turned him turned him down flat. Wanted nothing to do with it. Rejected Gene Roddenberry. Good thing he knew what he had. Stayed focused. Went to NBC. NBC gave him the okay to have Star Trek pilot. 
in Star Trek pilot, and here's how visionary Gene Roddenberry is. He casts an actor named William Shatner, a Canadian actor named William Shatner. Canadian actor William Shatner as James T. Kirk. He also casts a Scottish chief engineer, James Duhan, as Mr. Scott. He cast a Japanese helmsman, George Take Sulu. <clears throat> Canadian, Scottish, Japanese. Then he cast an American, an African-American woman as communication chief of NCC-1701, the Enterprise, the communication chief is an African-American woman, Uhura, natural blown out African-American woman, natural blown out hair, and communication, head of the communication department in this city, right? The Enterprise is not just a little ship, it's an actual city. So in this giant organization, an African-American woman in 1966, and take any woman in 1966, is a head of what organization? So to have an African-American woman heading communications for this giant organization is visionary. Nichelle Nichols. The ship's doctor, McCoy DeForest Kelly. So then you have American, African-American, woman, Scottish, Japanese, Canadian, and also the visionary to have a half Vulcan, half human, Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy. So every time you say Mr. Spock, you got to put your hand up like, put your right hand up like two thumbs on the right, two fingers on the right together, two fingers on the left together, spread apart, looking like peace. So you'll have three fingers on one side and two on the other, live long and prosper. So if you can do this, when you put your hand up, if you can do this sign, you will live long and prosper. But us Trekkies can do it with both hands with the right and the left. So if you can do it with your right, you live long and prosper. If you bring up both hands and you can do it with both hands, you will live longer and prosper more. So this is live long and prosper. This is live longer and prosper more. So if you wanna live longer, work on this all, you know, like all day and next week and next month, and, and then you will live longer and prosper more. Don't forget Chekhov. Yeah, Mr. Chekhov. Star Trek's message, and this is how visionary Gene Roddenberry was. Star Trek's message, according to Gene Roddenberry, I'm going to quote, we must learn to live together. 
or most certainly we will soon all die together. Unquote. Quote, we must learn to live together or most certainly we will soon all die together. Unquote. And that's the message from Star Trek. That's why you saw this variety of people. That's why if you get the Aquify.com, I'm going to give you a challenge. Go to Aquify.com, purchase your novel, Aquify, read it. If you're not represented in the Aquify, maybe you say, well, I'm African-American. You're represented. I'm a woman. You're represented. Well, I'm Norwegian. You're represented. Well, I'm Asian. You're represented. If anybody can read this visionary work, the Aquify, visionary for underwater sci-fi, the same as Gene Roddenberry is for space, and you find that you're not represented, nobody will. Everybody is represented because we must all learn to live together. So everybody's well represented in this novel. Everyone. No one's left out. Take the challenge. Get your copy, read the book, and you will be represented. In the meantime, while you're on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, like, everywhere you go, like, like YouTube, like Facebook. Follow, subscribe, get your novel, get the gear. I'm going to tell you why you should get the gear. In um, Gene Roddenberry dies in 1991. In Star Trek, there's iconic phrases that comes from Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. Live long and prosper. But I'm adding on to it, live longer and prosper more. You heard it here first on The Aquify, the ESPN of sci-fi. Space. The final frontier. Hmm. Hmm. No. Underwater. And we have a podcast we're going to talk about why underwater. It's harder to live just going 200 feet underwater. And we're talking about breathing and the pressure. And it's harder to live underwater than it is now in space. What? Yes. And we're going to talk about that in one of the upcoming podcasts. So follow Subscribe so that you don't miss a podcast. It's harder to live underwater, even just going 200 feet, than it is to live in outer space, and you'll see why. The Aquafy opening up the way for sea travel. And that's why I'm saying to you, purchase the Aquafy, get the gear. Go into When you go into the Aquafy.com, under merchandise, you'll see all the artwork. You find one you like, go in there. In Redbubble, purchase the gear. Safe as Amazon Kindle. Comes to you just as quickly. Got, got your t-shirt on. Get your Aquafy cover for your cell phone. So much gear in there. Take a look at all the gear that you can get. Because with all this merchandise from the Aquafy, we're building what Star Trek builds. Some other iconic phrases 
boldly go where no man has gone before. Well, yeah, before the 1960s. But now, the Aquafi is boldly going where nobody's been. Nobody has been. Read it, right? When the internet vortex come into our world, they go back in this other world of underwater. Nobody's been there before. And I can describe to you what they see and the things there are in this other world, but read it, read it for yourself. It's under, it's not in space, it's underwater. That's going where nobody has ever been before. So purchase your copy of Aquafy. Aquafy is going undersea adventure where no, no one. And so we're building this great legacy in the Aquafy, the same as Star Wars because I'm the Gene Roddenberry of underwater sci-fi. So here's what the Aquafy will do with your help. And that's why every time I'm saying, get the book, get the gear, get follow, subscribe, because this is what the Aquafy will accomplish with your help, with you doing all those things. Star Trek, from Star Trek came nine spin-off TV series an animated series, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. From Star Trek comes Trekkies, fans of Star Trek, games from Star Trek, toys from Star Trek, comics from Star Trek, a theme park in Las Vegas that ran from 1998 to 2008. Star Trek had its own theme park that ran for 10 years in Las Vegas. Museum exhibits. You know how much revenue Star Trek brings? I'll tell you. 10.6 billion in revenue. And this is what you're gonna help the Aquafy accomplish all these things. And that's why you're hearing me say, get the gear. See your favorite poster, get that. Right? Get the book, follow, subscribe. All these things is what the Aquafy is here to do. Aquafy will accomplish all of those with your assistance, with your help, with you following through. The theme song, the gear. We're going in the Aquafy into unheard of sea adventures. So without doubt, Star Trek has influence George Lucas. George Lucas said, and I quote, Star Trek softened up the entertainment arena so that Star Wars could come along and stand on its shoulder. Unquote.
a definite influence on George Lucas. What does the near future hold? I'm not talking about a far distant future and far distant sci-fi things, just near re re realistic reality. What's coming up in the near future? I'm going to look at that in the next podcast.